You are listening to the Her Money Matters Podcast, Episode 47. Welcome to the Her Money Matters Podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real-life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, it's Jen Hemphill. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode on the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to have you here today. It is the end of the month. We are nearing the end of the school year, which means we are almost midway in 2016. Can you believe that? So if you have thrown your hands up with restriction of what about your money, uh, just shake it off like Taylor Swift says, because we really have seven more months to make things happen before 2017 hits. So you with me? So if you need some motivation, some cheering on, just go ahead. If you haven't done so, join us in the Her Money Matters community at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. So I am excited today because I know you are going to absolutely love today's guest. So let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to talk about her surprising money story as a daughter of a financial professional. She's going to share with you the exact system she uses that has gotten her out of debt and into a seven-figure net worth. You did hear right, a seven-figure net worth. And she's going to share with us why she feels strongly about money being a flow uh, versus an object and really what she means by that. So let me share with you more about today's guest. Her name is Hillary Hendershot. She is a financial coach, money mindset expert, and experienced wealth manager. She has worked for nearly 15 years with people who want to preserve their wealth, make it grow, and eliminate financial stress once and for all. She's a TEDx speaker, and she's regularly featured on Forbes, BBC Online, Investopedia, NPR's Marketplace, and Women 2.0. She has been interviewed multiple times. Times by the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal. Her articles are syndicated nationally, and she's a columnist in Daily's Worth Connect flat platform, platform for financial experts. So with more than 30 television appearances, she is the go-to personal finance expert in the Silicon Valley for the NBC Evening News, where they call her the investor's voice of reason. So I am excited to introduce Hillary to you. So let's go ahead and meet her. Welcome Hillary Hillary, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Jen. I'm so excited. It's really fun to finally get to talk to you. Yes, yes. Well, you are just have just looking at all your accomplishments. It's pretty. It, it's I'm I'm stoked to talk to you just because you've had a wealth of experience in the wealth business, <laughs> wealth business, <laughs> if you will. That I didn't intend it that way. And you just have. I, I know you're going to have so much uh, knowledge. Just so many good things to say. So, are you ready to dive in? 
I sure am. I'm just real passionate about supporting and contributing to women and taking control of our money and growing wealth. So that's that's really what gets me up in the morning. That's my why. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell me, I want to know, we know about you, the professional. We know all the amazing things you've accomplished. But tell me more about you, Hillary, the Hillary at home, the Hillary just on the personal level, the sister, the daughter, those sort of things. Sure. So uh, just to give you a sense, I live in San Jose, California, right in the heart of Silicon Valley. And I'm in my home office right now. And uh, I'm sitting next to my big kitty cat. She likes the heater in my office, so she keeps me company. Uh, My husband and I both typically work from home. Uh, he is a professor of finance oh, at the wow. local university. I know we're sort of all finance all the time. <laughs> uh, and and he runs a hedge fund. So okay. yeah, so he runs a hedge fund in the office that shares a wall with mine. I run a financial services company, wealth management firm, and we hardly talk during the day. We instant message each other occasionally. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, and, and, um, we have an office where I meet clients. I'm in the office about half the time. It's just down the street. It's a nice office. And, um, I do a lot of business virtually just like this. So I do, I, I try to share content in print and, and with my voice on my podcast. And so, you know, it's a virtual, it's a virtual world. And, and yet when it comes to money, sometimes it's knee to knee and eyeball to eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, let's see. So I am married. I got married. Uh, two years ago on New Year's Eve. Actually, we went to Las Vegas, Nevada and nice. got married. I had a hundred people fly out to Vegas. I Nobody I love lives in Vegas. And um, now if I've met you and you live in Vegas and you hear that, don't take it personally. That's not what I meant. <laughs> um, but we did have a hundred people come out. It was a big black tie wedding. It was amazing. Oh, and I we bet. are now pregnant with our first child. Congrats. So you just finished celebrating your second anniversary. You said two years ago, right? And That's right. you're expecting a child. Oh, that is beautiful. Congrats. Thank you. We're really happy. It's just kind of coming together nicely. And I think I'm kind of a win story for women who maybe get to thinking it's too late for me or something. You know, I'm almost, I'll turn 40 this year. And, and so pregnant with my first child, my husband's 10 years older than me. And it's just, I mean, I couldn't be happier with the way that it's going. That's Um, great. So yeah, we're really sort of blissed out. And, um, my parents are both have been remarried to, my stepmother and stepfather for more than 20 years each. And they, we all live right here in the San Jose area. So family's local. Uh, my sister actually works for me. Okay. Um, inside the wealth management firm. She lives out in Sacramento, California. That's the capital of California. Although, you know, even Schwarzenegger, when he was the governor, didn't want to stay there. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think he private jetted from Los Angeles or Hollywood to to Sacramento when he had to actually make decisions. Um, Let's see some of my favorite sports, although I won't be snowboarding anytime soon with a baby in the belly. uh, Snowboarding is really my... Do you? 
Oh, I just, I love it. Just thinking about it gets me excited. I've, oh, that's I'm a, funny because we I had just that need for speed. <laughs> that is funny because we had just had that conversation about me and snow and just, just not loving it. So, yeah, well, I've thing, actually when tried. You're a sports person. You cut, you truck in, <laughs> you take your four wheel drive, you get in, you do your fun, and you leave. No, I hear you. I tried skiing and cross country skiing. That was that was interesting. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's um, that's a very. I have respect for cross country skiers. That's more like exercise than it fun. Is. It is. It is. But yeah, snowboarding. My both my husband and my son, my oldest, love snowboarding. So yeah, I haven't tried it. Wonderful. Doing cross country skiing. Did your legs just look fantastic? Well, it was just one time. So oh. I, I can't. <laughs> it was just one time, it's just so I could say I've done just it. Sore. <laughs> okay, good. So wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And tell me a little bit about how you grew up around money. So, what your parents taught you, maybe what you learned, what you experienced. Tell us a little more. Yeah. I, I'm a funny case study. So my father was one of the first people really in the world to call himself a financial planner. The financial planning community is not very old because before there were financial planners, there were just stockbrokers in the sixties and the early seventies. It was just sort of that the kinds of people that they wrote the Wolf of Wall Street about <laughs> um, and, you know, selling stocks to sort of churn them and burn them kind of, kind of idea. And then a, a really well-meaning group of, it was men at that time, got together mm-hmm. and said, let's do what's right for the client. And my father was one of those. And so he stopped having a, a commission business where he was selling individual stocks and started doing financial planning that uh, serves the long-term needs of the client. So I grew up around that. And he and I have even talked about this. He said, all that aside, I never really gave you money advice. <laughs> Interesting. Right. So he was doing this business. And again, I mean, I was in the office with him all the time, helping him with his computer stuff, doing data entry. But there wasn't really a dialogue about, well, how do you achieve financial health in your own life, Hillary? Um, and then my mother it was a medical scientist, so she mm-hmm. worked for a large HMO, and she was a great saver and pretty conservative with her spending. But what the impression that I got was that we didn't have any money, right? Because she was she was saving so much of it, and so I grew up with a, at the same time a head for numbers, really great at math. My degrees in economics. Um, but I had a really significant scarcity mindset. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't have to, that didn't have to be the outcome. And I know that because my sister got the opposite. She's a saver and I ended up being an overspender. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So being the daughter of, of a financial planner in that environment and helping him out. So he didn't you were exposed to the financial planning as far as you knew what it does, what it's what it's meant for, but you weren't exposed or they didn't talk to you about whether budgeting or managing the personal finances or maybe credit card use, right? Is that – that's what I understood. Right. No. In okay. fact, I got into credit card debt kind of the first week that the laws would allow me to have a credit card. <laughs> uh, and I like to tell people, you know, uh, our retirement savings accounts are called IRAs or IRAs. I, until I turned about 22, I thought my father had a best friend named Ira. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> I know. 
because Ira was a very common word in our household. But there, you know, from the dialogue towards me wasn't Hillary. You know, be careful about credit card debt. You can't spend today, which you can't pay off tomorrow. Right. Um, I don't recall a single time someone said to me, "If you can't pay the credit card bill off at the end of the month, you know, don't." don't spend it. And that's not to, again, my mother probably has a 900 credit score. So I don't know if I missed it or, or what, um, but it didn't get implanted in me. <laughs> Interesting. And how did you get involved into financial planning? Cause you, is it because your father, uh, was, is a financial yeah. planner or that's, that's how you came I into went that. And did, um, I went and did some other things. I, you know, when I graduated from college, it really was at the top of the the tech boom here in Silicon Valley. Well, the first one in uh, 1998, 1999. And so I went and got, I tried to do the IPO thing with a startup company. We were venture capital funded and we spent like $30 million and went bankrupt promptly. Uh, and then I, and then my, my um, father generously offered to bring me into the business and he and his wife are 50-50 partners. And so I came in at the age of 25 and started learning the business. And um, so got, and the education that you do right away is about the investing methodology. So I learned a lot about the stock markets and estate planning and taxation and still, Jen, interestingly, not prudent spending, (laughs) not how to save, not, I mean, and so there's this huge chasm, I think, out there. It's like, if you have a couple million bucks and you can afford someone to work with you, you know, great, more power to you. But my question is, how do you get there? If you don't possess that skill set, you know, it certainly wasn't, that education wasn't made available to me. Um, So... Interesting. So, so I'm, so I'm like, I've got all this credit card debt at home and then I come to the office and I meet with millionaires and multimillionaires and I give them investment advice. (laughs) That is interesting. It's kind of like, and and you see this in all different professions where Mm -hmm. like, for example, doctors, they're there to give you advice all on health, right? And they may go home and smoke a ton, you know, a pack or two of cigarettes. So it just, you know, it just, there's, I think it comes all to, definitely what's going on around you and your mindset, which I know that um, you're definitely big on. And I love the mindset piece as well. So you were uh, working um, in the firm, your dad's firm, and how did it evolve to what you're doing now? So when I, and I had mentioned that financial planners in the beginning were all men. My industry is still, when you look at what's called fee only or fiduciary financial advisors, about 70% male. It is mm-hmm. not an industry that is, that tends to be very attractive to women. And I have some opinions about that, but that's maybe neither here <laughs> nor there. But I'm 25, 26, 27 years old, and I'm going to industry conferences with my father. And, um, by the way, facing just incredible stereotypes and sexism mm-hmm. from my, my colleagues and cohorts. <laughs> um, and, and I'm thinking, I don't fit in here. I'm the wrong age. I'm the wrong gender. And it kind of, it really messed with my confidence. And then, and then I came, became aware of groups of women who were out up to supporting women. Now that can be in career, that can be in parenting, that can be in, you know, whatever have you mentoring. But I thought, wow, what if there was a community of women supporting women around being financially successful? And that right. sort of planted the bug 
in my mind, I guess you could say, um, you know, planted the seed. And so years later, when I did transition out of the family firm on, on great terms, by the way, mm-hmm. um, I, I really broke off so I could create my current brand, which is about supporting women. And it, it took some time. But I tell you, that that moment where I realized, hey, you know what? I'm not the traditional financial advisor. I don't look like Mr. Rogers. I don't, <laughs> you know, I'm not an old white man who wears suspenders. And, um, and uh, but, but I am the right person for some people, right? right. Um, you know, I prefer female doctors. I'm, mm. sh- you know, there, I know that there are a large cohort of women out there who prefer to have their professional service advisors be their trusted advisors be women. So, and it was like I had that aha moment and my business just exploded. I, I mean, it was, I don't know if it, you could say it was energetic or, you know, I put the vibe out to the universe or what it was, but things just really started happening for me. And in my opinion, I didn't do or say anything different. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> so it was a great reinforcement of that aha moment that I had and very, very empowering. And so I have run with it and I love it. Awesome. Because you do, because you don't focus, do you do some financial planning still or do you uh, focus on the other areas with the mindset? So, no, my bread and butter, the work that I do, the the primary work that I do is helping women secure their financial futures. So I'm a, I'm a leading advisor for women over the age of 50 okay. and... And that's most of the work that I do. I also offer some training, some online courses and a little bit of coaching. And when you say the money mindset work, I am very interested in impacting people's money mindset. And I tend to do that in kind of a group setting. So I don't work one-on-one, you know, I'm not a money therapist or a, gotcha. a money mindset coach per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but for example, I'll get my clients together with, the, uh, you know, I have a, a, a pretty large subscriber base or following folks who are interested in my in my teachings I'll have in-person get-togethers and I will invite women to talk about their money mindsets in groups gotcha yeah so I'm interested in impacting that and it's it's something I talk about a lot but it's not a I don't particularly charge to do that alone if that makes sense yes yeah so you do (laughs) financial planning for women over the age of 50 and then as far as your teachings you do in group settings and that's where you um fuse in your money mindset genius yeah i talk about it in my articles and in my online courses so if you get a a, a, an audio training from me it'll probably be in there um um but yeah yeah that's uh, no money therapy happening over here. <laughs> I hear you. I I'll hear leave you. that to the experts in that. I'm really a, I'm really a numbers gal. <laughs> I hear you. Perfect. And tell me about what would you consider your favorite money quote? Oh, my goodness. Or do you have one that comes to mind? <laughs> so <laughs> many. Um... You're going to have to give me a second on that during this call. I can come up with one. Okay, I mean, all, I, I know a bunch of Warren, Warren Buffett stuff by heart, um, um, but let me, let me come up with a good one. Okay, well, we'll come back. We can come right, back to thanks. that one. And what would you say you had told us that growing up you were, uh, you considered yourself a spender? Obviously, you became a financial planner. You've become a successful business owner uh, in the finance area uh, field. So what would you say you do well with money? 
Well, at this point, on a personal finance level, sorry, I meant the personal finance level. Yes. Yeah. My, my, um, my favorite thing that I created that I teach. uh, So I try to, I just want to teach everyone. This technique is my special brand of financial automation. There are a lot of people who talk about paying yourself first and setting Mm -hmm. up uh, savings to your IRAs or your Roth IRAs e- each month. And that's all fine and good. But I really add my sort of special sauce to that. And I set up a series of accounts where I have my money flow exactly to where I want it. Mm-hmm. So it goes to short-term savings and long-term savings. But most importantly, I have my curveball account. So that's all fine. But mostly I have my the, – the the key thing that makes everything work is this spending account that I call today's fun. And, um, you know, anything I spend, anything I make choices to spend today on. So literally uh, groceries, gas, Target, um, you know, uh, cat food, <laughs> clothing, <laughs> gifts. Um, you know, a lot of people want to categorize their spending into these topical categories, but I actually think it's far, far more powerful to categorize based on when you make the decision to spend. Did you make the decision yesterday? Did you make that decision? Are you making it today or are you saving it to make those decisions tomorrow? And, um, this is this system is exactly what allowed me to pull myself out of tens of thousands of dollars of debt, um, while really experiencing and the, Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. The empowerment and confidence that comes with having a practice that's working, even when I was still below zero and it scales infinitely, um, you know, I am truly blessed to say that now with the business that I've built and and the savings that I've done, I've done my net worth statement and, you know, I have a a seven figure net worth. I'm positive seven figures. So, you know, transformation is possible. But for me, it's like people who count their calories, you know, there are some people, Jen, who just eat little bird sized platters and more power to them. But I'm not that person. I love to spend money and I need this account to to keep me in check so that mm-hmm. I know I can spend everything that's in that account down to zero and my net worth is nowhere near zero. And you hit a really good point because you know, and this is something that I talk a lot about, is really knowing what you want and being in tune to that. Yes, it's good to listen to advice, but they don't know your specific situation. They don't know your specific wants. And it's just really about that. And that's, and you honed in on that. You know, you like to spend. And so a way to keep yourself accountable is having that in that account, which is beautiful. And I do something similar, which I, which I loved hearing you, but you do it a little different. You call your account a today account, which says, does a lot to your, your brain, right? It kind of sends a message to your brain versus calling it food account or whatever the case. So I thought, I think that's brilliant because I separate my, we separate our uh, money into different needs. Like you mentioned, your short term servings. We have a, a, um, an account for our trip. So that way it's just automatically. So every time we want to go on a trip and, you know, it's just, just an automated thing and it's a beautiful thing, but I loved, I really, really loved how you were very diligent as far as the name you came up with the account. Cause that is just a direct message to the brain, which I think is powerful. 
Yeah, I think what's so important is that people really be able to internalize trade-offs. Mm-hmm. So many so many of us are in a position where we have to subjectively decide, well, am I going to buy that that like how much am I going to spend today? Like you know, okay, well, if I don't buy that, I could put it in savings, but really I want it. And so we're sort of measuring our wants over our future Mm -hmm. wants. And it's really hard to gauge. And for me, I've set it up so that I know what the money flows into my long-term, my tomorrow's spending account, um, have me achieve in the long run. And so I've done that first and I know I can spend you know, I can have fun or I can spend conservatively. It doesn't matter. But I'm aware that if I, if I overspend that account, it's costing me what I want in the future. And that's rock solid in my mind. And so right. I'm no longer tempted to go in at the end of the month and move money over from, you know, from the, my other, from where I said it would be at the beginning of the month. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. I think that's powerful, the system that you set up. I mean, like I said, I do something different, but you, with the names, just the, the power in that, uh, I think is great, is phenomenal. Cool, thanks. So you t- told us about what you do well with money, which is amazing. And what about the challenges that you have with money? Well, on the personal finance level, of course. So, um, right now my, so my husband and I got married later in life Mm -hmm. and, um, he came to me with, uh, he's obviously a PhD in finance and he, he doesn't have exactly the same thoughts about money that I do. He was never an overspender and he has, uh, he was really good at keeping things in his mind. For me, I have to have everything written down. He had, um, I think something like 12 credit cards. And so the credit cards all have points systems on them. So we get mm-hmm. rewards. Now, I mean, we bought, we paid cash. We, we spent, we charged our wedding on the credit card, paid it off, and then went on our honeymoon for free. So there are benefits. Nice. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the thought of having that many credit cards out there kind of puts me over the moon, like makes my <laughs> brain explode. Um, and, you know, I've kind I've kind of talked him down off the ledge a little bit, but he really doesn't perceive an issue. So, you know, it's my issue because his credit score is great. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, we don't carry the balances. But for me right now, between his two businesses and my two businesses and the credit cards, we have probably like 32 personal accounts between per- che- checking accounts, savings accounts, credit cards. And it's... um it's overwhelming for me. <laughs> I, I bet. And then there's, so he's basically what I call the travel hackers. You know how they go. I don't know if you would consider him that, but uh, maximizing the credit card usage to for points, for rewards and stuff. And I know a lot of people, but that, I, I don't do that because that, that overwhelms me because I like you just to have a, because you would have to systematically get credit cards every so often to be able to gain those points and spend and really strategize on because you have in order to get those points, you have to spend a certain amount of money by this time and you have to strategize all that. It's 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 work. Y- yes. And, <laughs> it's work. And, you know, like I said, he can keep it all in his mind. He has all these credit cards in the wallet and we go out and, you know, if it's the grocery store, he knows this card gets a better benefit at the grocery store versus the gas station. And I mean, I, for me, no, no, that it's, it's too much. And I have to, 
I have to like swallow my anxiety every time it happens, <laughs> even though I truly have intellectually accepted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say I'm completely free of financial anxiety, even though the re- repercussions I fear aren't there. I just personally got so burned on credit cards and that's that I have a visceral reaction to them. <laughs> right, right. Well, as long so, as he handles it and takes care of it, I guess, you know, maybe that gives you some peace of mind or how, as long as you don't see it, right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then so you see it. So we're working to um, create, we're working to merge our systems and it's taking, it's taking longer than it should. I mean, here I, I'm, you know, supposed to be an expert on financial, personal financial management. And, you know, I'll be honest, we, we, it's taken two years and we just had our first official money date. We went out. And, <laughs> yeah, we are. And we're creating, you know, the, the project plan and saying all the things that we're going to do together, but it's been slow going. And I had to learn the right words to use that didn't get me upset and didn't put him off. And so <laughs> hopefully it's, I'll be able to share this all as it happens. And then in retrospect to help other people too. <laughs> and I think you've done great that we've been, my husband and I've been married 15 years. And I think it was, I would say at the time, 10 year mark where we just had, we were working on some stuff where we, we did speak. We had money conversations prior to that, yes, but there weren't always, there was always some hesitation. There was always maybe short because there was that fear in between one or the other for whatever the case may be in that time frame, right? So I think it took us probably, I would say, 10 years. So it really, I think it varies. There's so many variations of why, but I think you've done good just for the two-year mark. Thank you. (laughs) Everybody's different. So I hold myself to a high standard. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. And so let's, so I think we can move into now how you all manage your, if you could uh, tell us a little bit about that. What goes into that? I know you mentioned you just had your first money date. So tell us a little more, like, how do you do the bill pay? Does he like, tell us a little bit about that. So, so, um, he has his, his money comes into his accounts and my money comes in to mine. So we literally have two different tributaries. I like to think of money as a, a river or a flow. So rather than an object to be kept or, or lost, like money isn't a thing. It's more like a flow. So mm-hmm. if, so it comes into those accounts and then, um, and then we have a joint account where we each have our um, we each have our I can spend whatever I want from this account and I don't have to answer for it. Yes, kind of, beautiful. You know. I love that. I always advise that because that's that's important. I think. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, I came home when I first got pregnant. Uh, I came home from a boutique, a clothing boutique, and I had spent, uh, you know, I don't know, almost a thousand dollars. Now, I mean, you understand, I have to look a particular way when I go out in public. And he <laughs> says to me, you know, I really don't think this is, I really don't think this is the time to be spending that much money on clothes that probably aren't going to fit you. And I said, you know what? We this just isn't a conversation we should be in. You know, I the last time. I spent a thousand dollars on clothes was probably last year, (laughs) 
and I never go to the close the you know the store and I just I don't think that there's because there's no right answer you know mm-hmm. um, and so why don't we just we have to create our accounts where you know if I let the money build up in that account for long enough I should be able to spend what I want so we have that and then we have our joint account and we kind of have a sense of how much we're willing to spend each month um, but he has always paid the actual like the utilities bills and stuff okay. and I'll tell you he writes checks oh okay <laughs> and I I tease him all the time you know he'll come and he'll say you know do you have any stamps and I'll say well, you know I think you should probably call the horse and buggy <laughs> oh you're hilarious <laughs> Uh, so kind of an old school method, but you know, he gets it, it done. Yeah. yeah. He's just always done it and I'm happy to do it. When I was single, obviously I was paying, you know, the bills, but just kind of the way we started living together and then got married, he just kept paying the bills. So I, um, uh, I take care of all my, like my Amazon account and everything like that. But other than that, it's pretty simple. Good. Good. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So he takes care of it. Uh, I mean, there's, but you're aware of what's going on as far as, and, and this is the reason why I asked this is some, uh, in some relationships where usually it's one person that takes care of the bills. That's usually how it works. Um, but some other women I come across where their spouse is taking care of the bills, they're not aware of what's going on with the money. So I always say, Make sure you don't have to manage as far as paying the bills, but make sure you're aware of it. So therefore, that's going to help you make better decisions when you're out, let's say, doing the groceries, when you're out shopping for the kids, whatever the case may be. So I'm sure you're probably aware of, have a general understanding of what's... Yeah. So my two things that I say lock in my system that make it work for me are Mm -hmm. one, the financial automation. So having that flow of accounts that's working. And then two is checking your bank, your uh, financial transactions every single day. So that was one, I probably should have mentioned this when we were talking earlier, but one of the things that I had to get my head around with all the credit cards is I needed a place where I could see all the transactions. And so I use a tool called Guide Financial. Then it's a tool that I actually give away to my clients. Financial advisors pay for it on behalf of their clients. So it's only available through financial advisors. But you can use Mint or LearnVest, I think. I've not personally tried LearnVest, but I think it's I think it works the same. Have you tried LearnVest? I haven't. But okay. uh, yeah, I know of Mint, but I have not yeah. tried LearnVest. That's Alexa de Tocqueville's company. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, is it Alexa or Alexis? Anyway, Alexis. So, um, so, so I had to put all the data feeds for those credit cards and the bank accounts into Guide Financial Tool, and I log in and I take a look at the dashboard every single day. Not on the weekends, typically, to be honest, but at, le- at least I see the transactions. And then, you know, occasionally my husband and I are engaged in the conversation of, you know, oh, did you see this account? Like, what's this transaction for? Or, you know, I sent this product back to Amazon. We need to watch for the credit amount for it. And so instead of, I I just, when you get to the end of the month and you're looking at, you know, 275 transactions and you're thinking, what is that? And I really don't think, one of the things I think they do really poorly from the banking system is what shows up on the, the, the name of the transaction. So the vendor, it's like, you've got to help us out with this. <laughs> you know, I need more information. Sometimes it's just a string of numbers yes. or letters, 
people. Or an 800 number. And I'm oh like, my goodness, what is that? <laughs> you know? Yes, I agree. And so when you look every day, you remember, hey, yeah, I did that transaction yesterday. Or, you know, sometimes a restaurant will accidentally run a charge twice. Or, mm-hmm. you know, one time I had a server add a $100 tip for himself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it, really important for those reasons, too. And just identity, identity theft as well. I know. Um, just I don't worry about identity theft at all because I look at these transactions every single day. Mm-hmm. I know actually a couple of weeks ago I had the instance where I went to the grocery store, just picked up a couple of things. I like using the self-checkout because there's hardly anybody there. Any, so I just go pay the things. And then a couple hours later, I receive a text from the bank. So my bank is on it. Love, love them. And um, apparently someone hacked or what is the name fish or whatever the name is where they get your account Uh, number and they went yeah yeah, they were shopping in texas well i wasn't in texas so (laughs) uh it's it's important for a variety of reasons including knowing that uh, your card isn't using is being used fraudulently yeah and how great is it that now it seems like no matter what happens if it's fraud you get your money back yes you know and so people get so upset about it but i think Man, it could be so much worse. It could. You know? It could. It <laughs> it's could. like the price to pay for the incredible convenience of being able to make purchases and have things shipped to you from all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's wonderful. I appreciate you sharing that. And who would you say is your favorite money celebrity? Oh, it's definitely Warren Buffett. It is definitely Warren Buffett. Yeah. And actually, I thought of a quote from him. um, But, you know, he's just such a cool cat. And he, uh, you know, he makes money like Midas. And he really has a good sense of the individual investor and, you know, and how people should handle their money and investing to be successful. And, um, you know, he's just, he's just such a great mentor. So he's my favorite. Awesome. Well, Hillary, that was amazing. I really loved your story, what you had to share. And as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because... Her money matters because the meaning of wealth is well-being. And that means for us enough comfort, enough freedom, enough choice, enough opportunity, enough uh, self-confidence and peace of mind. And ultimately, um, no matter your opinion of the almighty dollar, money makes money provides choices and choices make life worth living. Beautiful. That is so beautifully said. So tell us where is the best place people can find you so they can learn more about you. Uh, here's a great opportunity. If you're listening to this podcast, just hit the search function in your podcast app and check out Profit Boss Radio. Oh, yes. Your yes. Podcast. <laughs> Where I will be interviewing both money experts and real people just like you. And the idea is women don't tend to have money clutches. We don't tend to sit around and talk about our money. We're more likely to talk about marriage, sex, and the in-laws than we are to talk about our money. And so my, my radio show is, a, is an opportunity to just turn that channel on and hear how powerful and successful women are talking about and thinking about their money. 
And love so I would it. love it if you would do that. And if you want to find out more about me on the web, it's just HillaryHendershot.com. That's Hillary with one L and Hendershot with two T's. Perfect. Well, I'll be sure to put those in the show notes. Thank and you. Thank Jen. you so much again for uh, joining me today. It's been great. It's been fabulous getting to know you and I hope that we connect again soon. Great. Take care. Thank you. That was lots of good stuff, right? I hope that you enjoyed hearing from Hillary as much as I enjoyed talking with her. Really the big takeaway for me from the chat with Hillary was her IRA or IRA story. One, it was funny. Come on, admit it. It was funny. And I, those type of things just, those, that type of humor is my humor, is my type of humor. So bear with me. But regardless, there were two confirmations, two things that I w- it was confirmed yet again. Uh, one about how important communication is. I, because just because her father was in the person in the financial field didn't mean that Hillary w- uh, was automatically learning everything she needed to know about personal finances, right? And the second thing being that we really have to take money that the aspect of money education and for our kids into our own hands. Just like we teach them to make their bed, to brush their teeth, to take out the trash, to take care of the dishes, any of those skills that we teach them to foster that independence, we also need to teach them that money skills. That is really up to us, in my opinion. Take it for what it is, but in my opinion, I strongly believe that is up to us. Yes, in the schools, it would be great, but... Really, it is really up to us. And that is why we need to be in the know. We need to be confident and we need to be comfortable to talk about money. And you can do that if you're not there yet. It can start with this podcast. It can start with a book. It can start as simple as getting involved in our Facebook group because you're going to be surrounded by people like-minded individuals, uh, and that's going to be a confidence booster that's going to make you feel comfortable. And before we completely wrap it up, speaking of our community, I want to give a quick shout out to Tracy. Uh, she has been a member there for a little bit. She's quiet, but she is present and she's taking action with her personal finances. So I wanted to tell you, Tracy, that I appreciate you being in there. I appreciate you being present. I appreciate you sharing what you do and keep it moving forward because you can totally do this. We've got your back and we are here to cheer you on. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Hillary for taking time out of her busy schedule to join us, to share her story, uh, to share her tidbits. I hope you definitely got a lot of value. So Hillary, uh, thank you for all that you did uh, today. And just be sure to check out the show notes uh, so you can learn more on where to find Hillary uh, and connect with her at jenhemphill.com forward slash 47. Next week starts the month of May. And I'll let you in on a little secret. It's my birthday month. <laughs> and we all are also going to be beginning a conversation 
next month on long-term planning. There's some good interviews I have in store for you. So definitely stay tuned for that. So thanks again for tuning in today and we'll catch you again next Thursday. Thursday.